Hola amigos and welcome to the IT Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. During the summer, me and the rest of the hosts are taking a little bit of time for some R&R. So we decided to release an episode with some clips from some of our best moments in the podcast. Today we'll talk to Sierra Morlock, Art Strong, and Tom Woody. First, we're talking to Sierra Morlock, a voice actor. She tells us about her journey into voice acting, what has inspired her to do this, and how AAF and Ad2 have helped her. Let's go. So do you have any uh, voice acting heroes? What comes to mind is uh, Tara Strong. Oh, yeah. Yes. She's like the classic. I mean, Harley Bubbles. Quinn. Wait. Yeah, Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. And she like she Bubbles. And like recently she was in Loki as like the time clock. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, like, oh, that was her. Yeah. yeah that's right. And then, uh, My Little Pony. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, exa- she, yeah. we grew up She's with her. She's done everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm like, if I can have a career like that, I mean, that's like gold standard right yeah. there. Yes. But she was Bubbles? Yeah. Oh, that was my favorite Powerpuff Girl. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, Tara Strong has a very strong catalog of voice acting mm-hmm. that she has oh, yeah. done. Uh, it really is an art. I mean, you don't just wake up and do it. You, I, yeah. It makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you get involved with the voice acting industry? So I always tell people that they need to go and take an actual acting class. And we've got oh. a lot of great coaches in town. Um, they can go to like uh, some of the agencies' websites see some of the really great coaches that we have because if you can't do it in front of someone like you're really not gonna be able to do it in the booth yeah. like just because no one's watching you it's almost it almost can be more nerve-wracking because it's your voice like and it's very it has to be very clear and done like in a particular way so yeah i always tell people to take an acting class mm-hmm. start there and then go to voice acting i guess the the skills can be extrapolated right it's still oh, yeah. acting and and plus it networking I mean, yes, true, actors yeah. love to network, and that's your feet are on the ground there. Like, you're connected to people who are in the industry. So, so you know, getting involved in the community, and yeah. you're building your skills, and then from there, you know. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's about building friendships and meeting people and learning. Like, yeah. this is all just a learning experience. And then, so, you know, once you've done that, tell us about how you found your first paid gig, you know. and From networking, <laughs> actually. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at that. Just bring it all together. Yeah, bring it all together. <laughs> I have a really good friend who's an actor, and he reached out, and he's like, hey, so uh, I have a producer friend. He kind of does these radio spots all over the country, and he's looking for some new talent. And I connected with him, and he liked my voice and kind of just started from there. Yeah, it's, again, the the power of networking, right? Yes. I don't think people really understand how important it is at times. I, I definitely didn't when I was younger when I was still in college and mm-hmm. I pay for it. No, uh, I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, you, it's one of those things like, oh, I have to go meet people. I have to put pants on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's part of the game. I mean, if you're not doing it, somebody else is. Yeah. They're making that connection that you're not. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I mean, I know I found myself putting off picking up prescriptions from the pharmacy because I feel too lazy to get up. But if there's <laughs> yeah. a networking event, I'm like, I have to go. Let me shower. Like, oh, Got to make it happen. Yeah. It's more important than my medicine. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please get your medicine, guys. Don't listen yes, to them. Please. Don't procrastinate please. that. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so you work on a, a number of really cool projects, uh, and we probably can't talk about some of them because of uh, NDA or so whatever. But what have you had any favorite project anything that you really like and what do you learn from it 
I recently helped someone, well, not helped, but worked on a project. Um, it was animation. I was, I played a couple different characters, but one of them was Whoa. a bird, like <laughs> peacock type bird. And it was a lot of fun because, you know, you get to create this character from the ground up from a picture and like a couple of like, That's hey, cool. they need to be like high pitch girly or, you know, uh, whatever yeah. it may be. So that, that one stands out. Oh yeah. But like really anything <laughs> I do with like Teddy even too, those yeah. are just a lot of fun. Kind of like cartoon characters. Kinda yeah. Like, I, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it was great. Yeah. Because when we did, when we did the Teddy uh, spot, it was almost like you transform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just eye opening to me to see that part of it. Right. Because, you know, not, not, not to offend anybody, but we don't often t- think about the people behind the voices. Yeah. It's easier to think about the character because that's who you see and mm-hmm. same with actual actors, but voice actors are always behind camera. Well, they do such a good job that you forget. It's not yeah. actually. <laughs> so that's a compliment. Still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should appreciate them. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, kind of going off of that, um, do you have a dream voice acting job? Like, what are you most excited to do? Um, I actually just had this conversation with my agent because I uh, just signed with PB Talent. Yes. And I oh, yeah. I was like, hey, if you can get me in front of people that can get me into video games and anime, I, I will sell you my soul. Not literally, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Mm. Right. <laughs> like that, I think that that would just be so cool. And I've really gotten into anime like the last five or six years. Yeah. I really appreciated it. And I just, <laughs> I love it. It's some of, some of the characters on there are just, they're so outlandish and oh. it's just... <laughs> It's lovely. It's lovely mm-hmm. to be so different. Yeah. 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 Um, that is interesting because anime is also not produced in the US, right? So whenever you're watching anime, that's a translation that someone made and then they hire actors to go with it. I don't know if you've had any experience with it, but is there, do you think it will be diff- difficult or different? Because it, it's also a different type of storytelling because it comes mm-hmm. from a different country and sometimes the mouths might not match. I mean, yeah, what? I think it's one of those things that just you it comes with experience. Mm. Like the more you do it, the more you learn, the more you can apply it to your projects. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, video game act, voice acting, that's yeah. great. Because, uh, you know, I don't remember wh- who does the voice for Master Chief in the Halo, mm-hmm. but I know his voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I feel the same iconic. about this one. I can never, yes. I cannot remember his name. I know he's a really famous one, but he's in Skyrim and I just heard his freaking voice. And the horizon for Ben West, it just oh, came out. Oh, yeah. You, sometimes you, you hear yeah. them and you're like, wow. I know that guy. I'm yeah. not crazy. I know I heard yeah. that voice. And they're, they're iconic, right? Yeah. And it really builds that. Um, I mean, especially if they're an NPC and they just keep repeating themselves the over and over. over, and over. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, if someone has a really good voice, that's not that bad. Yeah. 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 So... A lot of our a lot of our listeners are young people that mm-hmm. are entering the industry. Maybe they're in it a few years. So, how can a young person interested in voice acting get involved in the industry? I think you talked a little bit about it, but would you mind yeah, I mean, I it's, I mean, obviously, if you want to just start fresh, like just start recording on your phone and listening back. Like, it doesn't need to sound super professional because you're not giving it out there to get jobs. You just need to hear yourself because how you think you sound is not necessarily how you actually sound. And once you get comfortable with that, then take an acting class, see how you like that, and then, you know, progress into getting a coach. Mm. And that he'll really hone in everything. You'll find out, like, where your strengths are, where you need to work a little bit, because rarely does anyone just walk into a booth and it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the way I would go about it is, you know, start recording on your phone, 
if you want to invest in a mic, I mean, if you can get it used in dirt cheap, but I really wouldn't do that until you've met with a coach and he's like, yeah, you're ready for this because otherwise it's just a waste of money. And there's always new technology coming out. So you wouldn't want to buy something that's subpar, doesn't work with your voice and be out four or $500. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, you can get a cheap mic on Amazon, but I don't know how well they capture the the sound. It's just, it's like, it's 12 bucks. How good can it be? Yeah, exactly. And the, um, they can also download audacity. It's free. And so you can learn how to, you know, cut things down, record, just learn the basics. Well, you so get right to it. And yeah, see, I mean, like, it's free and it's a great way to start learning. Kind of like developing your skills and just kind of like practicing at home with. Yeah, exactly. And the most important thing about it, it's and a lot of people are like a lot of people I've met, at least they're like they want to get the best mic, the best this mm-hmm. and that. Sure. And it's like your space is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. How you treat your space is going to matter way more than whatever microphone you have. Mm-hmm. It's still important, but the space is, you know, where it's at. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard people say that they'll they would uh, record YouTube videos in like a closet, mm-hmm. yeah. so that their voice gets trapped in there. So that's exactly what I have at home. Oh my you closet? <laughs> I do, but and I have um, moving blankets that are kind of it's not flat, like it's kind of ruffled everywhere, oh, stapled yeah. everywhere, so that it doesn't echo, but it still sounds natural, like not closed off. That's there's so much that goes into voice and mm-hmm. sound. Yeah, I mean exactly that's what I mean by like it's a process, like it's. You don't just wake up. You got to learn this stuff. <laughs> you got to figure out <laughs> audio and yeah, <laughs> on all that. And I still feel like a newbie when it comes to some of the technical aspects, but it's it's really not that difficult. And it's not, it's YouTube videos for everything. Oh, like yeah. you don't need to pay for a class to learn Audacity or anything like that. Yeah. You know, just a little time, oh, dedication. So can you tell us about how you um, learn to use your voice and uh, how a voice ca- coach can help them develop their craft? So... Um, I'm really weird. <laughs> like I have two dogs uh-huh. and um, they're, they're about a year old. So they're puppies and I'm constantly like throwing different voices at them. Cause they like one of them will just do the head twist and the other one will do the oh. other thing. And I also yeah. just annoy the crap out of my husband with it, <laughs> but it's funny. So, and it's practice. So <laughs> right? doing something like that. But um, when it comes to your voice coach, they're really going to like, Hey, you're talking too fast. Maybe slow it down oh. or Hey, uh, put more emphasis on this word because of this, this, and this. That comes into play. It's like you don't know how you sound to others or how it's coming across, which is where the, bo- the voice coach can really oh, yeah. center it. Hey, nice to have you back. I hope you enjoy our talk with Sierra. And if you want to hear more from that conversation, you can check out episode 11 of the podcast. Art started as a videographer and his agency quickly turned into a full-service agency. He tells us about how he got his start, why he decided to become a full-service agency, and what advice it has for young people who want to open their own agency. Let's listen. I think for a lot of like our audience um, within AdTube being young professionals, what kind of advice could you maybe give to them for they want to do the same kind of thing, start their own agency? Yeah, my advice is always, if you believe in it, just do it you'll figure out the rest along the way. Uh, that's what I did. Uh, yeah. I didn't know how much go into owning <laughs> and creating an uh, advertising agency. I didn't, I have no, I had no clue, um, but I'm figuring it out as I go. Um, you know, as long as you, this, this is truly my advice to everybody. As long as you're progression, progressing within what you're doing, you're doing the right thing. Now, when you start becoming worse than what you are, 
then maybe you need to go find something else. But if if you're scaling up and going up, hey, keep going. Right. Hard work is 80% of any, yeah. um, of any uh, enterprise you take, right? And I heard once someone said that people want to hear, people want to see the glory, not the story. Uh, and I think that's very much true because nothing great was ever built without exactly. a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, man. It's, it's some long nights, students. Oh, if yeah. you're listening right now, if you want to create something great, just understand it's going to be a lot of lonely nights, a lot of people that's not going to understand you. But just keep going and uh, it's going to all pay off. Trust me. So you are the, well, you're the founder of Strong Visuals and you're also the chief creative officer. Mm-hmm. There. So can you talk a little bit about what that actually entails? You know, what is it like to run the company while also, you know, being part of that creative process of the things that you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, so being a creative officer more so now, so <clears throat> it's my job. I, I'm, I'm literally just the visionary of the company at this point. Like I said, in 2018, we converted over to a full service advertising agency. So what we did was we brought in um, a friend of mine who was a great, great um, advertising professional. And she now is our creative director. Oh. Uh, we brought in a few copywriters. So these guys are literally smarter than me. <laughs> so I said, hey, I'm not going to stand in you guys' way. Hey, go create this magic. And um, so my job as as the creative officer now is just to set the atmosphere for them to create. You know, no one wants to go into a uh, a shop and they're not able to create how they want to create. So I'm spending time setting the mood, setting the atmosphere, making sure they have the resources that they need to uh, create. And then... Also, putting the brand on notice to yeah. people we want to work with. Oh, yeah. Definitely finding those connections, those right. clients. All right, that. right, right, right. Yeah. So I'm doing all of the stuff that creators don't really want to do. Yeah. But we need to do in order to become a great advertising agency. You know, I'm pretty sure there's been, like, probably a lot of challenges over the years on that. Sure. Um, one of the most uh, recent challenges that we've all, like, seen was the... The, pan- the pandemic and the 2020 lockdown. Um, <laughs> how did your company um, make that switch and from video production to full service? And you're also saying, you know, doing that during the pandemic and thriving during you know, the economy and everything else that was going on. Man, the pandemic hurt. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. literally across the world. People struggled. Um, so, you know, every, everyone took a hit, but for us, you know, we kind of took the approach that the pandemic actually settled the dust. It almost made the big guys in this in this industry kind of have to rethink things. And we were in the motion of being hungry. We're, we're hungry. We're a hungry shop. We want to be the best. We study the greats. And, you know, it was perfect p- position for us to feel like the, the playing field was even. So, you know, we hit the ground running with some of the strategies that we have within the agency. And, you know, we implement them and it just worked out. Um, in the middle of pandemic, we actually signed the account Smoothie King and that kind of oh, carried that. us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've been doing great work with them, building with them. They took a chance with us. And um, yeah, man, it's just it's just been amazing. I, I, I don't know how we ended up here <laughs> after the pandemic, but I'm I'm so thankful that we are. But it, it's, it's literally just a testament of having great people on your team and um, believing in what we're doing. Yeah, that pandemic... <laughs> I, I was going to say, what's hard on everyone? I don't even know that it like that it's over. So nah, it's nah. been rough on everyone. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been rough. Um, but 
you know, the resilient people always find yeah. a way to emerge from all of this tragedy. So people in the future listening to this are going to be like, what pandemic are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but the thing is, what I would say, you know, one of the things, and this is just the, going back to the creative officer um, role that I have, I'm constantly, constantly setting the tone of study, 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 study. We are an advertising agency to where we actually appreciate what the industry have done in the past. Like we love all of the great work that's come before us and the great agencies. And, you know, I'm always telling our team, hey, let's study, let's study. So during this pandemic, we took a lot of time of studying mm. certain industry. I mean, certain agencies across the nation, across the world to see what they were doing, what was working. Because like I said, to us, the playing field was even. So now it was time to say, hey, we're just as good as them now. You know, they're at home just like we're at home. Yeah. So what can we do to create um, to, you know, put ourselves on the map now. That's a great way to to look at things, right? Because um, I definitely think that it's like you said, everything kind of got even out for everyone, right? Now you don't have all the advantages of being a big company, like everybody's working from home, so you, you don't have that control over them. And, you know, I, I think it was, uh, it was a moment where everybody kind of realized that all these small shops, they, they're doing just as great work and they've been doing it from home, more, many of them for a long time and they're used to it and and they know how to adapt faster, right? There's not as much red tape as if you go with um, a big, you know, Richards group kind of place, right? Where there's 15 different people looking at everything yeah, um, and things to get bottlenecked. Yeah, and Richard group, man, he actually got in a lot of trouble during that was time. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was on top of my feed on LinkedIn for about a month. Yeah, yeah. man, yeah, man. So it you know, we, worse. <laughs> we studied, <laughs> yeah. we studied that, and understood that. Hey, look, because the way we're set up, we're we're family, right? So with my creative director and our copywriters, I'm on the phone with them, just talking about life, like yeah. period. Um, so we're always sharpening each other to make sure, hey. Don't do this. Hey, yeah. no, that's not, that wasn't good. Um, <clears throat> so I hate that that happened to, you know, the, the Titan and um, Richard. Stan really? Richard, yeah. But, you know, I guess <laughs> you got to watch it. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, and maybe it was also a generational thing. Yeah, I yeah. Think. It, was, it was time, I guess, for yeah. him to, like, pass the baton anyways. Yeah. So, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, running the agency, the different things that you do. Um Let's talk a little bit about relationship management. Now, I am a, I've been a product manager. I've been a brand manager. Relationship management has been what I've done for a long time now. So I want to talk about the inner uh, relationships that happen in an agency, right? So how would you recommend that a young professional builds these relationships with, uh, with upper management? Especially if you work at a smaller agency where upper management is just the owner, right? So what can you do to build out these relationships uh, get to know their superiors and also, you know, build a working relationship, right? Where they're not necessarily afraid of giving feedback uh, when they see something, but also not afraid of receiving it. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I think that's always a tough thing for some someone young um, understanding this. But I think the main thing that young people should understand when coming into these agencies and, and trying to build those relationships is to actually take the time to build a relationship. You know, we live in a society to where, uh, if I'm being honest, everyone is selfish. Everybody's out for self, uh, self agendas. Um, however, sometimes, you know, it's not about self, especially when you're working on a project. Like, for example, when we were working on Smoothie King, I, I would love to throw some of my ideas out yeah. there. But 
you know, if it doesn't fit the team and it's not, you know, no one gets the credit around here. The the agency gets the credit and, you know, we'll pat each other on the back and move to the next. But, you know, along that process, figure out where you where your gifts are. And, you know, it's up to guys like me who is upper management of it's funny to say upper management. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like a guy like me, I, I need to search for that in you. I need to show me your gifts. And if you show me your gifts, then I know where to place you within your gifts to where you can emerge to carve out your, your role. Yeah, I think it, it goes both ways, right? Yeah. You, you need to be open as a young professional to uh, to learn, but they also need to understand that you are bringing something that they didn't have before. Right. Uh, and I think that can take time, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, Especially for a young person. You know, a young person's mind frame is, like I said, we're so ambitious when we're young. It's almost like, oh, I, I'm, I just graduated. I, we get this all the time. Yeah. I just graduated from advertising school and I'm ready to do this, do this. Mm-hmm. And then when you get in the creative room and, um, you know, we start doing strategy, then, you know, your small voice looks a lot smaller to these big yeah. people that, that understands how this works. So, you know, my advice is to observe, observe first, come in, soak up as much as you can. I'm, I'm huge on studying. Study as much as you can. And then you can um, kind of carve out your, your role. Good to have you back. If you want to hear more from our conversation with Art, you can check out episode five of the podcast. Last but not least, we have Tom Woody, business development manager at Freeman Company. Tom explains how crucial the sales side of marketing is and how it can be used to eventually maximize returns and provide further success. Take a listen. You, you know, in a sales-oriented position, client relationships are very important. How do you create meaningful connections with your clients or any pros- prospects, right, that you have? Yeah, I mean, it, it goes down to, you know, doing what's right for the client and being that advocate. I've, I've told many of my bosses um, along the way throughout my career that no offense to you, but I don't work for you. I work for my clients. It's, you know, they're putting trust in me and I need to be able to deliver. And if I don't deliver or if I can't deliver or there's an error that comes back to me and I need to know what happened, why, and get them to understand it. So it, and then hoping that we can build that trust back up because trust in, you know, sales, especially at events, you know, is key. And so getting somebody to buy in that you are going to make that solution happen for them and happen in the way that they want is extremely important. And, you know, you can promise the world to them, but if it comes down to things you know, going wrong or, you know, just errors in, in the, how things are, are rolled out, it, it can cost you that relationship. So, you know, and I, I tell people, you know, in the AAF world, especially like membership chairs, it's what value are you bringing to the, the table here? Is, is it a, a good or a service that you're going to, you know, make better for them? Is it just the trust and assurance that they have that things are going to go well? Is it the value of the engagement and the things that you're providing as a, a club or uh, or as a professional? Is it that value-driven?
starts at ground one or ground zero. You got to build that that up. And I I have an email that that saved um, somewhere from years ago. Uh, one of the, the first calls that I made at the TV station, and that was from individual named Kevin at Lincoln Savings Bank, and he said, here's the deal. I would love to work with you. I, I can't work with you right now. We we don't have the budget. We don't have the time, whatever, but I want to let you know that I appreciate your persistence, and just remember that the sale is not made on the first call. It might not be made on the second, or the third, or the fifth, or the tenth, and just kind of keeping that, that tenacity there, and I was passionate that I had a solution for them and that I, I could help them, them grow their business. Now, I never got to work with them in that role, but I did get to work with them a few years down the line uh, when they came to me and said, hey, Tom, you've, one, started banking with us and know our product and service. Two, you've been calling on us forever. Three, we've got a brand rollout. Can you help us? And I was able to work with them and kind of build on their idea. And we built some really cool, really engaging uh, videos that went to complement their brand. Uh, so it's it's all about that constant communication. You want to be the first call that is out there. You know, it, if something goes bump in the night, you want to be the one that, that picks up that phone call. Uh, and know that you can help them out. So, you know, there, there's a lot of great opportunities out there um, to do that, but it's just treating people as you would like to be treated, really. I mean, you want them, you have your own assurances, whether it's, you know, buying a car, that this car is not going to be a lemon, that it's going to be reliable. Uh, I know you guys don't have to deal with it as much down there, but for me here in Iowa, I want to make sure that that car drives in the snow and I, I'm not going to get stuck. So it's having those assurances and making sure that you're aligned with people that can bring you that that level of service or you know that peace of mind. That's that's a great story too, and I really think uh, if I may extrapolate from it, that also applies a lot to jobs and even you know getting people to join an organization. It's all about consistency and uh, inviting them and or you know following up and just you know maybe you don't get it the first time yeah Yeah. not the second time i mean i've you know you know i've had a job that in the past that i applied for like three times i didn't get hired until the third time but i really wanted to work there so (laughs) you know you get used to it (laughs) people do business with people they like and there's a reason why i've gotten so involved with the american advertising federation and why I can say, you know, I've got at least a couple hundred, you know, good quality connections and they're not even connections. It's it's not even a network. It's really friendships. I just attended, you know, a a good friend and past ad to president uh, in Kansas City's wedding this past December, uh, which was was awesome. I expect when I get married to to see a number of friendly ad to and AAF faces in the the crowd. I was just at our American Advertising Awards last night here in Des Moines, and I love going to those things because I see all these great people, and I want to be around them. I want to work with them. Uh, you know, 
I want to grab drinks from. And some of those have turned into some great clients, some great friends. Um, but also, the other thing is half that room was full of people that I never have even met. And so I want to understand why they're there or, or what they do. And it's you know just a, a great time to you know build a relationship and, again, from the ground up. So, yeah, it's been terrific. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing, like, the different stuff you can learn from people who are in your industry or even, like, different industries. And I think, you know, just hearing from your experience, um, you've given, like, us and our listeners, like, a lot of, that they can learn from. But going into that further, like, what advice would you give a young person who's interested in the sales side of the business? If you want to get into it, just know that it's not going to be easy at, a, at every you know, step of the way. There have been times where I've had my own struggles, whether it's been, you know, getting fired, whether it's, you know, having the company that I work for, you know, all of a sudden say we're closing our doors, um, whether it's uh, commission-based at, at 100%, whether it's just a month that sucks or, you know, a client that says, hey, I'm sorry, but uh, we're not going to move forward with you. You're not the right fit. Um, there's a lot of rejection in it, but like I mentioned before, at the end of the the day, there's a lot of promise to it as well. I mean, there's those opportunities where you get a call from a, a good friend and she says, I want to make a music video to pork chops. And we've got this, you know, great artist called Cowboy Troy lined up and he's got a song called Pork Chop. And can you help me? you know, create that and make that a, a unique experience. And, you know, there's just little people that say, Hey, we went a different direction last time, but you know, this time I think we really want to go with you because we've, you know, increased our budget. We've, you know, right-sized our, our ask and you guys were just so terrific. I've, I've had a, a client that has said before that you guys are the best presenters. We just didn't have the you know, right things in place. And so we want to still work with you. Um, it, it won't happen this year, but things will happen next year. Um, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping you guys in the loop. So there's a lot of great conversations that can be, you know, had and really a lot of great experiences. So if you're looking to get into sales, you know, it can be very fruitful. It can be very fun. It can be very frustrating. So just know that if your first sales job could be your last sales job, but it could also be just because you, you pull your hair out and say, I don't know how I could do this. But, uh, you know, some people really love it. I, I'm looking at my friend, uh, Alyssa, who I started out with. I worked in the cube right next to her at Channel 5, and she's now heading up a, a sales effort for this super cool, you know, outdoor transit company. It was a startup. Now it's all over the place. I saw one of them. Uh, on the top of a cab in Vegas just this past week. And I was like, oh my God, that's that's Alyssa's you know, company. And that's the work that she does. And she just moved to, to London to start expanding in that market. So it's awesome to see you know, her growth versus my growth and, and others. So it, it's something that can definitely be fun. Um, and you get to pick your clients. That the first shot, it was, you got to find whatever clients you can. But as you move through the sales process, you get to understand what your strengths and weaknesses are and who you want to target and who you want to go after and who you want to work with. 
And then it, it becomes that persistence game and, and bringing that value to the table and, you know, getting them to choose you or over someone else. You know, nobody actually goes out looking for something unless they've got, you know, an issue or they need to, you know, get their name out there. So, you know, it, sales is in itself advertising and marketing. You want to be you know, known before you're needed. Um, so, uh, that's, that's kind of what I would recommend if anybody's looking to get into sales. If they have any questions about it, I'm happy to, you know, get connected with any of your listeners and, and encourage them. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of opportunities out there. That's all for us today. Again, if you want to go back and listen to our full conversations, you can find Sierra Morlock on episode 11, Art Strong on episode 5, and Tom Woody in episode 10. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again soon. Before you go, make sure to check out AF Houston's August Luncheon, where Plot Twist creative director Chris Smith will share the story of his agency's formation and the art of compelling storytelling in 30 seconds. It takes place on Wednesday, August 17th at 11.30 a.m. at the Ballroom at Tanglewood. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Admigo, join us at addthenumber2houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at addthenumber2houston. Thank you for listening.